Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Happy Black and Gold Friday. For today's podcast, Saints Hall of Famer and current radio analyst Deuce McAllister joins me to talk the upcoming game against the Raiders and the Hall of Fame induction this weekend. This year's list of inductees includes former running back and special teams ace Fred McAfee, receiver Devery Henderson, and longtime trainer Kevin Mangum. McAfee played for the Saints from 1991 to 93 and again from 2000 to 2006. He was drafted in the sixth round in 91 out of Mississippi College. He definitely excelled on special teams, finishing with 210 career special teams tackles, including 115 during his second Saints stint. That ranked fourth in the NFL during that time span. In 2002, he was a Pro Bowl selection. I like being the best. Mm -hmm. I like Stepping on the field and knowing that I have a chance of impacting the game. A lot of plays, you know, like people don't understand a lot of times, oh, it's special teams, but you get so many opportunities to impact the game, whether it's a big hit and you mm-hmm. lost the ball loose or you have a big return or any of that stuff. Uh, it can be very impactful. McAfee played for three of the team's division championship teams and has been affiliated with the team for all nine, including the 2009 Super Bowl championship season. Since retiring in 06, McAfee has served in player development and is now entering his second season as vice president of player engagement. I can remember walking into the locker room when I first came from Mississippi College. Like, and these are people that are definitely in the Saints Hall of Fame or the NFL Hall of Fame. I played with a lot of great players, like just like with the Saints Hall of Fame, the Dome Patrol. I played mm-hmm. with those guys, you know, Ricky Jackson, Pat Willing, Vaughn Johnson, and Sam Mills. Played with them. Played with Eric Martin. Played with Michael Lewis. Played with Dalton Hilliard. Played with a lot of great guys, Stan Brock, Jim Dombrowski. Played with them all. And uh, and to be considered amongst these guys, considering these guys were my idols, you know, mm-hmm. these were guys that I looked up to. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, uh, to be mentioned amongst them. You know, Willie Rowe played with him. Mm-hmm. You know, Leroy Glover, a lot of guys, a lot of great guys that are in the Saints Hall of Fame that I got a chance to, to, to just be a, their teammate. Henderson was a second-round draft pick by the Saints in 2004. The former LSU standout played 124 regular season games for the Saints from 2004 to 2012 caught 245 passes for 4,377 yards and 20 touchdowns. His touchdown on Monday Night Football against the Falcons in the reopening of the Superdome may be his most famous, the Superdome Special. Henderson was a member of the 2009 Super Bowl team. His career receiving average of 17.9 remains a club record. I was always known to, you know, to be a, to have ten incredible speed since a, since a young kid, and um, it stayed with me. You know, yeah. I didn't. You know, some people outgrow their speed, they gain weight or whatever else. It just, you know, it's just something I was blessed with, and uh, you know, I, I took advantage of what I had and uh, and used it to the best of my ability. Both will be recognized during the Saints game Sunday against the Raiders. Oh, special man! I'm I'm blushing. I'm I'm fully <laughs> emotional. I'm happy. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, it just, just puts a stamp on everything, man. You know, you, we, we, we go through our career and we sit at home and, 
you know, we reminisce and we we reflect back on some of the things we've been through. Some of some of it has made it made us better people, better men, you know. And uh, you know, just just going back and and looking at all that just makes this even more special, man. Um, I, I'd have never thought just to be, you know, just looking at the the guys that have been inducted and that 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 have been, you know face of this organization for years because of what they've done and for me to be you know aligned with those guys and being in that group it means it means the world to me now let's bring in deuce McAllister for a look at the saints deuce thank you for joining me on the new orleans saints podcast always great to have you here how are you doing this week doing good how about yourself i am doing pretty good I have high hopes for this weekend as the saints host the raiders i know there's been a, a little bit of news Head coach Dennis Allen says that Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. And Dalton kind of was like, yeah, I've been the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this is I kind of expected to keep playing. How did you kind of take the news of the week? Uh, you don't really take it. I mean, you you, you roll with it. Um, I think from a player's perspective, it's, hey, look, I, I have to figure out a way to win football games. Um, from Andy's perspective, you know, he, he he's obviously stepped into a role that he feels comfortable with. And, you know, going forward, uh, it, it's kind of, hey, let's let's see how this offense goes. It's hard to argue with the offense as far as the production is concerned. What you argue and you get upset with the offenses, it's about the penalties mm-hmm. and the turnovers. That's the problem with the offense. You're you're producing yards. You're putting up points. But the problem is you're creating turnovers and you're creating penalties. That's what you hope to be able to eliminate and stop. You know, as far as for Jameis is concerned, we know he's healthy. But the question is, do you want to rock the the, the horse or the, uh, so to speak, as far as what they've been able to do offensively? And so they felt as a staff, you know, whether it was a whole staff offensively, that moving forward for right now, this is the best route for them to try to be successful. And if it doesn't work, then obviously they know Jameis is there to be able to come in and assume, you know, his his role as a starting quarterback. So over the last four games that Dalton has started, they're averaging 31 points per game. So they're definitely producing offensively, as you mentioned. I feel like we've talked about the turnovers a lot. How does that get fixed well, it's, it's about execution. I mean, it's about guys locking in and executing and going out there and knowing that they have to be able to produce. I mean, because that normally in situations like this, you replace players when they don't get the the memo that we can't turn the ball over. The problem with replacing players is most of the guys that are in uh, are filling in for someone else. And so it's hard to replace a player that is already replacing another player. And so uh, it's just really honing in. I mean, uh, it starts at practice. And I know Alvin has kind of spoken on it a little bit. Uh, If those players don't hold each other accountable, it's hard for a coach to step in and hold a player accountable. And so at the end of the day, we know Dennis Allen is the head coach, but those players have to be able to answer for one another because they know they go out there and they take the field. It's Dennis Allen that's leading them, but it's their football team. We've, I think, the feeling that I've gotten from the players is that they like Dennis Allen. They're happy. They want to play for him. They want to win under him as the head coach. You've been in locker rooms. You've been around a ton of teams. When it comes to situations like this and, you know, AK felt like he needed to step up and say something. Is it a matter of just the players taking care of what they need to do? Yes. 
I've been on some three and 13 teams. I've been on some O and four teams. I've been on obviously some really good teams as well. And so uh, you're going to take the direction of the head coach, but the head coach doesn't run one football. The head coach doesn't throw one football. He hmm. doesn't make one tackle. He's involved with calling the plays and trying to put the players in the best position, but the players are the ones that are out there and making plays. Here, here's this league's a production league. They know that he knows that. And if they want to continue to be in the position that they are in, if they want to keep that head coach, you can tell me you like me. You can tell me you like to play for me. But if you want to continue to be in this position, you got to win. Because mm -hmm. if you're not winning, new head coach, new players. That's what it is. That That's how this league's work. There have been some people that have had to step in because of the injuries, as you mentioned. I think we've seen some good moments, though, especially – Chris Olave, he's done really well as a rookie wide receiver. Anybody that has stood out to you that you've really liked and kind of seen progressing this season? Yeah, I mean, you like to play with a few players. I mean, Chris Olave, he's been phenomenal. And, you know, I wouldn't really say that he's filling in for one of the injured guys because he was expected to go out there and produce anyway. And so for him, I think he's just doing what was expected. You know, the one guy defensively, Pete Warner, has probably exceeded any expectation that I had for him coming into this season. And so it's been really, really impressive to see him go out and do the job that he has been able to do, you know. And I think overall – uh, offensively, there's some other guys that have stepped up and done well. I mean, Hurst has has played well. You know, you look at Cesar Ruiz. Cesar mm -hmm. has been phenomenal. I mean, and that, and and these guys, obviously, when you talk about it, hadn't been perfect for them, but they've played either above the level that you expect or right where you expected them to be. And there's other guys as well. You know, not to talk about just those couple of guys, but when you look at it overall, I, you know, if my two guys. Uh, Alave, I'm not going to count him. It was expected for him, but it would probably be Cesar Ruiz, Ruiz and um, Pete Warner. Yeah. Defensively, it's not been our typical performance from the Saints so far through seven games. What do you think that they are missing on that side of the ball? Attitude. Missing attitude. I mean, I want to see the juice boys return. I want I want to see the moniker of, hey, look, it's my play. Uh, to make and I'm going to make the play now obviously this is within the structure of the defense but those guys have to be fighting over a sack they have to be fighting to meet at the quarterback they have to be fighting to make a tackle all of this has to fall within the you know the structure of the defense but if you don't meet that ball carry angry and tell him I'm gonna be right back the next play teams don't fear you and right now teams don't fear this Saints defense here's it's, the problem yeah Here's, here's the problem. They have the talent to be a fearful defense. They are a top five defense. Right now, they're not playing like it. And that's the problem with this Saints team. Yeah, defensive coordinator Chris Richard mentioned the mentality that they're they're playing with. It's not, I hope I don't miss this tackle, but I'm going to make this tackle. And he said just a little bit different you know, self-talk, I guess, or approach can help that. Do you think that that is a good way to look at it and describe maybe what's missing? Some guys that works for them. I mean, some guys, they have to be able to mentally see it. Some guys have to mentally tell themselves certain things, but you know, those coaches know a lot better as far as what player needs what. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's it, it's a talking. Maybe it's seeing those words to be able to, uh, you know, influence himself to be able to make whatever it may be. Just go make the play. 
because you see the body of work. I know what the player looks like. I know how this player should perform. I'm waiting on that, that, that to happen. And it's happening with a few guys, but not all 11. It's going to be a tall task with the Raiders in town on Sunday, especially when you talk about their two threats running back Josh Jacobs and then wide receiver Devontae Adams have been doing really well. They seem like they've found their rhythm offensively. What's going to be the biggest challenge when Las Vegas is in town? Well, I think it starts with the run game. I mean, if you can really slow down Josh and really being able to do it with seven guys in the box, that that tr helps you tremendously what you can do now on the outside with, with Devontae Adams and, you know, even Waller at that slot position as far as the tight end is concerned. So, I mean, it is imperative for the New Orleans Saints to be able to stop the run with seven guys. And if they can't do that, then it's going to be a problem. The other part of it is you can't have seven, eight missed tackles against that guy because if you do, it just gets him going even more. This weekend, big weekend for the Saints, other than just having another team in town here. It is Saints Hall of Fame weekend with Devery Henderson and Freddie McAfee going into the Hall of Fame. Two players that you're very familiar with. How did they embody what it means to be a Saint? Well, I think when you talk about it, Devery Henderson right there from Opelousas, Louisiana, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, a young man that really was a receiver for only a couple of years as far as at LSU. He's a running back. And so for him, it really was working with CJ uh, and honing in his, 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 his catching ability. Devery was fast. Devers was extremely fast as far as a player, but he would always early on, he would drop a pass. He would drop two passes and you never felt like that he was going to come through. By the time CJ got with him and coach Payton got with him, you knew Devery was going to catch it. It was like, Hey, look, Give that deep post. He's that deep th post threat, and he he just tr he was a tremendous player off the field. Man, nice as could be. You know, you talk about his mom, his daughter, his dad, the whole family. I mean, they they were just really really good people down to earth, and you know, I, I love him to death. And when you talk about fast Freddie, not many guys can say that they played really. 20 years in the NFL. I mean, Fred Fred played when they had like 12, dra 12 rounds of draft. And so that's how, you know, how long it go when, when, when Fred was drafted. And, you know, you talk about a young man that played with Pittsburgh, played with Arizona, was drafted by the Saints, left the Saints, uh, came back to the Saints, got cut, come back to the Saints. And so Fred, Fred was resilient. And, you know, it wasn't because he ran the football. Yes, he ran it a couple times, but it, it was because he made plays on special teams. And so understanding um, the return game, understanding his role and just carving away. And here, here, here's the unique thing about Fred. Fred was never a guy that was guaranteed a spot. He knew every offseason and every training camp, he had to fight for his job. And then even once the season started, he had to go out there and produce because he knew he was not guaranteed a spot. And so um, it's an honor, you know, particularly for Fast Freddy, one that probably should have been dead five, 10 years ago. But for Devery, I'm happy that my, 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 my uh, excuse my language, my fat twin got in, you know, <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. And uh, I love both of those guys to death. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see them go in. And now, you know, Freddie is working for the organization with the player engagement role. I, I see him around a lot. Could he still play? He he has a physique. He <laughs> his physique has not changed. And you know, he'll 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 swear up and down he can still go out there and run a four or five. I don't believe him, but I mean he he he's been that way. He's been blessed genetically like none other. What is it like for you to to welcome them in? 
Well, I mean, I love both of those guys. I think that they embody, you know, what it means to be a, a New Orleans Saints. You know, the hard work, the dedication. Neither one of them really guaranteed a spot. And every year they would go out there and make things happen. And so, you know, you talk about perseverance and just good guys. I think that's what it's all about as far as being into the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, we're hoping that the Saints are going to get things rolling. They have two games at home here Sunday against the Raiders, and then they're going to be on Monday night football. What do you think this, the main keys are that they need to accomplish over the next two weeks? Well, I think, you know, just really before we even get to next week, handle this business here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think taking care of your own business, controlling what you can control, going out and executing. I mean, I think those will be critical things. You talk about winning in the red zone, Saints offensively, Don't put touchdowns on the board to keep teams out of the red zone, keep them out of the end zone. I mean, get back to who you are from an offensive and a defensive identity. I mean, because offensively you found something that works for you pretty good. And defensively, you just need to be who you are. I mean, go back to being that, that group that is the juice boys go, go back to out there having fun right now. It doesn't look like it's any fun for them. It's funny to me because you've seen so many people this week use the word swagger and people that are so buttoned up, you know, you've seen a different side of Dennis Allen. He doesn't really seem like somebody that's going to go out there and be like one of the juice boys, but they say that he's got some swagger about him. Would you agree? Oh, he has plenty of it. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he has plenty of it. the thing that you don't want, though. You don't want it to be fake. You don't want it to be something that he's that that's really not him, but he has enough of it. And the defensive guys know it. And I think, you know, overall, you want fan fans want to see it, you know, offensively guys want to see it. But, you know, I, I was uh, when I played, Dennis was he went to D.C. back then. You know, he, he started off as the assistant D line coach mm-hmm. and then he moved to the secondary. So, you know, I've known D.A. for a long, long time, but he's got it. And, you know, maybe it's him letting it loose a little bit where where teams where his team feels a lot more comfortable. Yeah, we're definitely looking for some energy this weekend. Thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I appreciate it. Where are you at this weekend? What game are you calling? I have uh, Auburn versus Arkansas this weekend. So I'll be on the planes. I'll be on the planes. I'll leave first thing in the morning. All right. So a little bit of college and then it'll be right back here with us on Sunday. Correct. All right. Thank you so much, Juice. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate Deuce as always. For those that can't make it out to the Dome Sunday, you can tune in on CBS at noon or listen in at WWL 870 AM and 105.3 FM. Don't forget to tune in to our live pregame show on NewOrleansSaints.com or across our social media platforms at 11 AM. Enjoy the holiday weekend and the Saints game. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.